This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3225 for Friday the 11th of December 2020. Today's show is entitled, Grill Repair. It is hosted by Operator, and is about 17 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, I go over some grill tips, repair. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. to a quick tip or maybe a quick episode um it's about um uh, grills sorry so if you have a grill and you're one of those people that buys a grill every three to five years um this probably should work for you uh i got a grill 10 11 years ago for anniversary and for my uncle and you know five years down the road we cover it and treat it nice and all that stuff we don't use it a whole ton but after about five years um the uh what happens is over time and heat the worst thing that damages heat and atmosphere obviously damages stuff um and the grease begets the heat and the heat begets the grease and they have fight and they heat up the and all that shit um your primary objective is to protect the wine from the propane tank, gas coming out of the propane tank, all the way to the holes coming out of the grill. If you can do that, nothing else really matters. The bottom rusts out, the sides rust out, the upside down rust out. There's something to like hold this one screw in. Um, when you start talking about screws over the course of 10 years sitting outside, they, they rust and they, they, they become pretty much pointless and useless. Um, and then after a certain amount of time, safety starts to, to become an issue because you don't want elements falling down from the bottom if you have like a wooden, uh, a wooden deck, obviously, or even worse, plastic. Like I'm sure the plastic stuff is might even be better than wood, but from a safety heat perspective. Anyway, so if your bottom is rusted out, it's not the biggest of deals. Um, mine's starting to kind of protrude a little bit more in some holes here and there. Um, I don't know how how effective it is to actually clean the grill itself. Um, I, I don't. I haven't really done any research to figure out. Hey, is it better to clean your grill spick and span and then have the elements attack it nice new shiny metal, or is it better to just let them like let it like eat itself and let the stuff cake on there and like who cares, right? Um, so my thing was about five years after I got this grill, um, it's a, it's a relatively normal Kenmore grill, fucking China, Chineseium shit now. Um, uh, that's the problem is that they don't make, they don't make grills like they used to. It's all this bullshit and you can, 
get an, I'm sure you can probably get some fancy ceramic, whatever, if that's not what this is about. This is your average Joe clown, like me, that buys a grill, gets a grill as a gift, and, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that throws the grill outside in the front line, because I don't know how to fix it, and I don't want to spend, I want to spend another $300 on a grill in three years, which is just preposterous to me, so... Anyways, um, I replaced what they call the firewall, which is the part that protects, pretty important, the firewall protects the gas line. I'm making all this sh shit up as I go along. The firewall, what I'm assuming, protects the gas line from, from, from basically running up through the side and rusting out and, and something catching fire through the actual gas line. So you want to protect the gas line, you want to protect everything leading up to the elements under the, the thing. So uh, I replaced the firewall because it started rusting out. It's it's starting to exhibit some signs of rust and, and so we got another like three or four. I can already see a hole through it where I'm not supposed to see a hole through the firewall here. So the firewall is probably going to have to be replaced again along with these three little uh, things that protect the heating elements. So they, there's these three little tripod uh, little tent looking things and I'll go over why I actually fixed mine and I didn't have to spend a dime um, But there's the little these little tents that go over the Heating elements to protect them from getting rusted out quicker than normal Because um, you get grease on something and then you get heat on something then it just kind of starts eating away at itself These actually look relatively decent. I replaced them um, I probably could have waited another while before I did. I'm putting this one back in, and one of the little tabbies is completely rusted off, so, um, it's not, not exactly all there, but it's serving its purpose, right? My heating elements are being protected by these little tents. I replaced the little grill covers, because the grills were starting to actually, the, uh, the grill grills, I'll explain it. It's three pieces, and you can modularly pull them out. So if you're just cooking something, you can pull one out and then take it in, which is actually nice. Instead of having to clean the whole grill, you just clean the bits and pieces of it. Anyways, um, I replaced those, and like I said, five years. And I usually you want to get two 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 propane tanks because the last thing you want to do is go outside, start cooking, or usually it's already dead before you start cooking. And you have to make a run to the store or just say, forget it, I just need meat for no reason, and we're gonna have to figure something else to do, something else to do with this meat. Um, so you wanna have two propane tanks, definitely, um, as, a, as a backup. And if you can, um, uh, there's something else to add, that my, my father added to it, I think, to tell like an auto shutoff or some kind of pressure gauge or something, which I haven't needed. I don't know what he had. He had some kind of fancy doodle that's connected to the propane tank to either check the pressure or do something. Um, anyways, I don't remember, quite remember what that was. I'll put it in the show notes if I remember. I'm actually putting the grill back together now after kind of tormenting it quite a bit here. Um, so you want two propane tanks because obviously you don't want to be in the middle of cooking and then have to well, then go to the store and get a propane tank or just bail and do something else. Um, I've already replaced one of the screws here that's appeared to have rusted out or disappeared at some point in time. 
Um, but this is one of the ones with the side burner. But uh, anyways, uh, I spent $150 on this thing. And it was a gift to me, so I figure he probably spent two or $300 on it. Um, it's got a side burner. It's got a little timer on it. Um, these little lighting things, I had to buy another one of these. Uh, the igniter, the, the igniter thing, which actually last outlasted all of the parts so far that I've been So out of everything, the igniter surprisingly lasted a long time. I actually put contact cleaner down in there to protect it from the elements, which probably gave it another five years, to be honest. Every time I replace the batteries, I just spray more contact cleaner down in there. If you don't have contact cleaner, buy it. It's great. Um, if you don't have uh, silicon spray, buy it. It's great. It's safe to use on almost everything. Silicon spray is great for plastics, and there's not really any bad application of silicon spray um, that I'm aware of. Uh, there probably are. Um, other plastics, perhaps, um, certain plastics, perhaps, these plastics, um, the, the plastic itself break down, the oils in the plastic might break down, weaker oils from, from, uh, silicon spray. All in all, if you get, like, 100% silicone with none of that shit in it, um, the stuff I have is, um, the blaster, all the blaster stuff I have. I have the silicon spray, I have the blaster, blaster, which will eat away, like, at rusty stuff. If you need to adjust a um, whatever, I'm actually looking at one that I used to. Um, I couldn't get it off, but I did get it secured, securely screwed back on there. But we had a faucet that uh, the valve on the faucet crept out. Well, I had just purchased another faucet and attached the faucet to the faucet instead of having to re-solder uh, the pipe connected to the house. So we basically have a an open, a failed open. Um, I finally got it to stop leaking various various ways and then I put a faucet on top of that and I used a blaster to break all that shit up so that I could actually um, unscrew it and, and get it sealed back um, but I did not want to have to fix it the right way um, I wanted an easy, an easy fix so I put a faucet on the faucet um, so that's an example of using blast blaster where you got stubborn stuff uh, if you've got like battery acid all over something you can use it for that um, Anyways, I'm still rambling. I, um, I don't even need this, but I guess I should put it back on. Ceramic for a uh, goes on there. I uh, two propane tanks. I replaced the igniter, the whatever, um, and it's been running for like another five years or more. Uh, I feel like we've been here for a while. Um, so, I want to say we, well, I guess we got it when we moved in, and then I bought parts for it at some point in time, but I want to say, well, what's the difference like I said, it's been five years since, I was, since I've messed with it. So, I started to think about, you know, oh, okay, it's not, you know, why I started complaining because it wasn't cooking, um, and I noticed, the swap, I said, well, just use the other propane tank, fine, and then she swapped propane tanks and still had the same problem. And we used it like another two or three times before finally I said, something is obviously wrong. I can't have two bad tanks um, with the same exact amount of pressure. I took the plates off and everything, and I looked at the gas coming out. It was the same in one as it was in the other. So if two propane tanks that you bought at two different times have the same amount of gas coming out of them, it's going to be the regulator, right? Um, there's also like little holes, you know, that the heating elements come out, but I know to protect those. So they weren't damaged at all or anything. 
Um, I, so I knew that it wasn't that, and I was pretty sure it was regulated. Um, so I took it all apart. Um, it was a pain that I had to use um, two pliers or a wrench and a plier to, to get this screw off the thing here. So I made sure I got some greased it all up in there so I could easily take it apart again if I needed to. Um, so, what I found out after uh, looking at that said, you know what, I've messed with these regulators before, I've not punched them around a little bit and smacked them around a little bit and gotten them to work. Um, I have a little torch here that it was given to me by an old, old boss, um, and it had regulator issues also, and I ran um, silicon through it, smacked it around a little bit. Um, you know, you turn on and off the gas and kind of smack it around and kind of get those valves going. I don't even know if it's rubber in these valves or not. I've never taken a regulator apart. I did look at how they work a long time ago, and I did at one point know how they, how they work. But the idea is, like, this is supposed to have some kind of tilt on it if you, like, monkey around and don't put the gas on. Screw something up and turn the gas on wide open and don't, um, and don't, uh, close, close or open. I can't tell. It's um, so I ran silicon and using a um, well my mouth and a can of or a, not a can of air or a um, if you want to use as a compressor to clean it in and out and I put enough silicone in there so that it would drip all the way down the little pipe the, the little pipe and then uh, I kind of blew so I saw silicon coming out of the little hole on the regulator um, and then there was silicon coming out of the, the front part that plugs into the plugs into the propane tank. So I was like, all right, I got I got silicon in and out of this thing, which probably isn't best practice. Is the practice, but I blew it out as much as I could, the best I could, um, with a can of air, blew it all out, got as much of the, the silicon out of there that I that I could, and smacked it. Actually, smacked it around a little bit with a hammer and beat it on the table to just kind of loosen stuff up before and after I did that. And um, seems to be working good because um, before, you know, when I turned it on, it would it would just kind of it wouldn't make that sound like that sound of that that sound where like something is angry. And now, you know, I hear this when I turn it on, I hear like a sound. I get to see this yellow. I see the yellow flames, whereas before it was just kind of these little piddly blue flames coming out, um, and it was not coming out with enough with enough force. Um, you know, there was some logic in me thinking that maybe some spiders got in there and, like, messed up the line or something like that. Wow, this is not even, not even logical here. Something like that. I kind of messed up. I bent something here in the process. I gotta realize it. Anyway, you can use the side burner, like, ever. Um, so that's the long and short of it. It's just, don't be one of those people to throw away your grill. Take the time to protect the elements, the heating elements, the, the parts that the gas comes out of. You don't really worry, you have to worry about much else. You know, you want to protect the gas lines from getting rusted. So if your firewall craps out, don't let it rust out the rest and then eventually possibly hit your, your, um, your line and then like 
you know, cause a problem and set your grill on fire, which, I mean, it isn't real. I mean, worst case scenario, your grill starts kind of getting hot and melting and then, like, flames start shooting out of the side of it or something, um, which is not ideal, but, you know, kind of for me, the worst case scenario would be, like, I don't even know, like, if the, the gas were to build up somewhere and blow itself out and then, you know, it would explode and become some kind of grenade or something, I don't know. But, in general, you're going to be there watching it anyways every four minutes, so it's not going to be something that, uh, ideally, is going to be too big of a problem. I'm not worried about it. As long as I protect the elements and protect the lines, the gas lines, I feel comfortable enough to do whatever the heck I want to do with this stupid thing. But don't be one of those people that throws away your grill and puts it out in the front lawn. You know, take the time, do the research. Yeah, it's going to cost you 150 bucks. This costs me nothing to fix. You know, this regulator is probably going to last me another five years, and maybe i got another two or three years in the, the, the part that protects the burners. Um, but now I don't have to go buy a regulator, and I also don't have to swap out the propane tanks because I was about to go get another propane tank to say screw it. But I, you know, like me, I had to do some troubleshooting and realize that it's it's not the tanks, it's the regulator. So um, I've had some success doing the same thing before with other regulators, so I figured I'd give it a try on this guy and same thing out. But hope helps, you can order parts like i said i wouldn't pay any more than 150 bucks for parts um you can pay a lot for parts from one site to the other so shop around get the part number get the part number that not the website uses but the part number of the actual part start searching for that and any of the other any other part numbers you get from the results of that search you search again until you end up with like a generic part number or a aftermarket part number or third-party parking number because it's just like four people that make this crap so really there's only like a handful of actual different kinds of regulators for the market that's you know your home depot piece of garbage uh um grill anyways hope that helps you out uh y'all have a good one and uh stay safe and whatnot and get some grilling later You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.